when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord James. Stately, plump, bug bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Roisin Kuypert and Rob Doyle. Quote the textual terms of this notice. I, Rudolf Virag, now resident at number 52 Clanbrassel Street, Dublin, formerly of Zombateli in the Kingdom of Hungary, hereby give notice that I have assumed and intend henceforth upon all occasions and at all times to be known by the name of Rudolf Bloom. What other objects relative to Rudolf Bloom, born Virag, were in the second drawer? An indistinct daguerreotype of Rudolf Virag and his father, Leopold Virag, executed in the year 1852 in the portrait atelier of their respectively first and second cousin, Stefan Virag of Sisverhorar, Hungary. An ancient Hagera book in which a pair of horn-rimmed convex spectacles inserted marked the passage of thanksgiving in the ritual prayers for Pesach, Passover a photocard of the Queen's Hotel, Ennis, proprietor, Rudolf Bloom, an envelope addressed to my dear son, Leopold. What fractions of phrases did the lecture of those five whole words evoke? Tomorrow will be a week that I received. It is no use, Leopold, to be with your dear mother. That is not more to stand to her. All for me is out. Be kind to Athos, Leopold, my dear son. Always, of me, das Herz, Gott, dein. What reminiscences of a human subject suffering from progressive melancholia did these objects evoke in Bloom? An old man, widower, unkempt hair, in bed, with head covered, sighing. An infirm dog, Athos, aconite resorted to by increasing doses of grains and scruples as a palliative recrudescent neuralgia, the face in death of a septuagenarian suicide by poison. Why did Bloom experience a sentiment of remorse? Because in immature impatience he had treated with disrespect certain beliefs and practices. As? The prohibition of the use of flesh meat and milk at one meal, the hebdomadary symposium of incoordinately abstract, perfidively concrete, mercantile, co-ex-religionist ex-compatriots, the circumcision of male infants, the supernatural character of Judaic scripture, the ineffability of the Tetragamaron, the sanctity of the Sabbath. How did these beliefs and practices now appear to him? No more rational than they had then appeared not less rational than other beliefs and practices now appeared. What first reminiscence had he of Rudolf Bloom, deceased? Rudolf Bloom, deceased, narrated to his son Leopold Bloom, aged six, a retrospective arrangement of migrations and settlements in between Dublin, London, Florence, Milan, Vienna, Budapest, Zombatelli, 
With statements of satisfaction, his grandfather having seen Maria Theresa, Empress of Austria, Queen of Hungary, with commercial advice having taken care of pence, the pounds having taken care of themselves. Leopold Bloom, age six, had accompanied these narrations by constant consultation of a geographical map of Europe, political, and by suggestions for the establishment of affiliated business premises in the various centres mentioned. Had time equally but differently obliterated the memory of these migrations in narrator and listener? In narrator, by the access of years and in consequences of the use of narcotic toxin, in listener, by the access of years and in consequence of the action of distraction upon vicarious experiences. What idiosyncrasies of the narrator were concomitant products of amnesia? Occasionally he ate without having previously removed his hat. Occasionally he drank voraciously the juice of gooseberry fowl from an inclined plate. Occasionally he removed from his lips the traces of food by means of a lacerated envelope or other accessible fragment of paper. What two phenomena of senescence were more frequent? The myopic digital calculation of coins, eructation consequent upon repletion. What object offered partial consolation for these reminiscences? The endowment policy, the bank passport, the certificate of the possession of script. Reduced bloom by cross-multiplication of reverses of fortune from which these supports protected him and by elimination of all positive values to a negligible, negative, irrational, unreal quantity. Successively, in descending halotic order, poverty, that of the outdoor hawker of imitation jewellery, the dun for the recovery of bad and doubtful debts, the poor rate and deputy cess collector, mendicancy, that of the fraudulent, bankrupt, negligible assets paying 1S, 4D in the pound, sandwich man, distributor of throwaways, nocturnal vagrant, insinuating sycophant, maimed sailor, blind stripling, superannuated bailiff's man, marfiste, lick plate, spoil sport, pig tank, eccentric public laughing stock seated on bench of public park under discarded perforated umbrella, destitution, the inmate of Old Man's House, Royal Hospital, Kilmainham, the inmate of Simpson's Hospital for reduced but respectable men permanently disabled by gout or want of sight, nadir of misery, the aged, impotent, disenfranchised, rate-supported, moribund, lunatic pauper. With which attendant indignities? The unsympathetic indifference of previously amiable females, the contempt of muscular males, the acceptance of fragments of bread, the simulated ignorance of casual acquaintances, the latration of illegitimate unlicensed vagabond dogs, the infantile discharge of decomposed vegetable missiles, worth little or nothing or less than nothing. By what could such a situation be precluded? By decease, change of state. By departure, change of place. Which, preferably? The latter by the line of least resistance. What considerations rendered it not entirely undesirable? Constant cohabitation impeding mutual toleration of personal defects, the habit of independent purchase increasingly cultivated, 
the necessity to counteract by impermanent sojourn the permanence of arrest. What considerations rendered it not irrational? The parties concerned, uniting, had increased and multiplied, which being done, offspring produced and educed to maturity, the parties, if now disunited, were obliged to reunite for increase and multiplication, which was absurd to form by reunion the original couple of uniting parties, which was impossible. What considerations rendered it desirable? The attractive character of certain localities in Ireland and abroad, as represented in general geographical maps by polychrome design or in special ordnance survey charts by employment of scale numerals and hatchures. In Ireland? The cliffs of Moher, the windy wilds of Connemara, Loch Ney with submerged petrified city, the Giant's Causeway, Fort Camden and Fort Carlisle, the Golden Vale of Tipperary, the islands of Arran, the pastures of Royal Mead, Bridget's Elm in Kildare, the Queen's Island shipyard in Belfast, the Salmon Leap, the lakes of Killarney. Abroad? Ceylon, with spice gardens supplying tea to Thomas Kernan, agent for Pulbrook, Robinsons and Co. to Mincing Lane, London, E.C. 5 Dane Street, Dublin. Jerusalem, the Holy City, with Mosque of Omar and Gate of Damascus, goal of aspiration. The Straits of Gibraltar, the unique birthplace of Marian Tweedy. The Parthenon, containing statues, nude Grecian divinities. The Wall Street money market, which controlled international finance. The Plaza de Toros de la Línea, Spain, where O'Hara of the Camerons had slain the bull. Niagara, over which no human being had passed with impunity. The land of the Eskimos, eaters of soap. The forbidden country of Tibet, from which no traveller returns. The Bay of Naples, to see which was to die. The Dead Sea. Under what guidance? Following what signs? At sea, septentrional, by night the pole star, located at the point of the intersection of the right line from beta to alpha in Ursa Major, produced and divided externally at omega and the hypotenuse at the right angle triangle formed by the line alpha omega, so produced and the line alpha data of Ursa Major. On land, meridional, a bispherical moon revealed in imperfect varying phases of lunation through the posterior interstice of the imperfectly occluded skirt of a carnose negligent perambulating female, a pillar of the cloud by day. What public advertisement would divulge the occultation of the departed? Five pound reward lost, stolen or strayed from his residence, seven Eccles Street, missing gent about 40, answering to the name of Bloom, Leopold, Polby, Height, five feet, nine, one and a half inches. Full build, olive complexion, may have since grown a beard when last seen was wearing a black suit. Above some will be paid for information leading to his discovery. What universal binomial denominations would be his as entity and non-entity? Assumed by any or known to none, every man or no man. What tributes his? Honour and gifts of strangers, the friends of every man, and nymph immortal, beauty, the bride of no man. 
Would the departed never know where nor how reappear? Ever he would wander, self-compelled, to the extreme limit of his cometary orbit, beyond the fixed stars and variable suns and telescopic planets, astronomical wastes and strays, to the extreme boundary of space, passing from land to land among peoples amid events, somewhere imperceptibly he would hear and somehow reluctantly, some compelled, obey the summons of recall. Whence, disappearing from the constellation of the northern crown, he would somehow reappear, reborn above Delta in the constellation of Cassiopeia, and after incalculable eons of peregrination return an estranged avenger, a reeker of justice and malefactors, a dark crusader, a sleeper awakened, with financial resources, by supposition surpassing those of Rothschild or of the Silver King. What would render such return irrational? An unsatisfactory equation between an exodus and return in time through reversible space and an exodus and return in time and space through irreversible time. What play of forces inducing inertia render departure undesirable? The lateness of the hour rendering procrastinatory, the obscurity of the night rendering invisible, the uncertainty of thoroughfares rendering perilous, the necessity for repose obviating movement, the proximity of an occupied bed obviating research, the anticipation of warmth human tempered with coolness linen obviating desire and rendering desirable, the statue of Narcissus sound without echo, desired desire. What advantages were possessed by an occupied as distinct from an unoccupied bed? The removal of nocturnal solitude, the superior quality of human, mature female, to inhuman, hot water jar, calefaction, the stimulation of matutinal contact, the economy of mangling done on the premises in the case of trousers accurately folded, and placed lengthwise between the spring mattress stripe and the woolen mattress biscuit section. What past consecutive causes before rising pre-apprehended of accumulated fatigue did Bloom before rising silently recapitulate? The preparation of breakfast, burnt offering, intestinal congestion and premeditative defecation, holy of holies, the bath, right of John, the funeral, right of Samuel, the advertisement of Alexander Keyes, Ordem and Tumin, the insubstantial lunch, right of Melchizedek, the visit to museum and national library, holy place, the book haunt along Bedford Row, Merchant's Arch, Wellington Quay, Simprat Torah, the music in the Ormond Hotel, Shira Shirim, at the altercation with a truculent troglodyte in Bernard Kirwan's premises, Holocaust. A blank period of time, including a car drive, a visit to a house of mourning, a leave-taking wilderness. The eroticism produced by feminine exhibitionism, right of Onan. The prolonged delivery of Mrs. Mina Purifoy, Eve offering. The visit to the disorderly house of Mrs. Bella Cohen, 82 Tyrone Street, Lower, and subsequent brawl and chance medley in Beaver Street, Armageddon. Nocturnal perambulation to and from the cabman's shelter, Butt Bridge, Atonement. 
What self-imposed enigma did Bloom, about to rise in order to go so as to conclude lest he could not conclude involuntarily, apprehend? The cause of a brief, sharp, unforeseen, loud, long crack emitted by the insentient material of a stain-veined timber table. What self-involved enigma did Bloom, risen, going, gathering, multicolored, multiform, multitudinous garments, voluntarily apprehending, not comprehend? Who was Muntosh? What self-evident enigma pondered with desultory constancy during thirty years did Bloom now, having effected natural obscurity by the extinction of artificial light, silently, suddenly comprehend? Where was Moses when the candle went out? What imperfections in a perfect day did Bloom, walking silently, successively enumerate? A provisional failure to obtain renewal of an advertisement, to obtain a certain quantity of tea from Thomas Kernan, agent for Pulbrook, Robertson and Singh, 5 Dane Street, Dublin, and 2 Mincing Lane, London, EC, to certify the presence or absence of posterior rectal orifice in the case of Hellenic female divinities, to obtain admission gratuitous or paid to the performance of Leia by Mrs. Bandman Palmer at the Gaiety Theatre, 46, 47, 48, 49, South King Street. What impression of an absent face did Bloom, arrested, silently recall? The face of her father, the late Major Brian Cooper Tweedy, Royal Dublin Fusiliers of Gibraltar and Rehoboth, Dolphin's Barn. What recurrent impressions of the same were possible by the hypothesis? Retreating at the terminus of the Great Northern Railway, Amien Street, with constant uniform acceleration along parallel lines meeting at infinity if produced, along parallel lines reproduced from infinity with constant uniform retardation at the terminus of the Great Northern Railway, Amien Street, returning. What miscellaneous effects of personal female wearing apparel were perceived by him? A pair of new inodorous half-sip black ladies' hose, a pair of new violet garters, a pair of outsized ladies' drawers of India mull, cut on generous lines, redolent of opoponax, jessamine and Murati's Turkish cigarettes, and containing a long bright steel safety pin, folded curvilinear, a camisole of Batiste with thin lace border and a accordion underskirt of blue silk morette, all these objects being disposed irregularly on the top of a rectangular trunk, quadruple battened, having capped corners with multicoloured labels, initialed on its foreside in white lettering B.C.T. Brian Cooper Tweedy. What impersonal objects were perceived? A commode one leg fractured, totally covered by square Krypton cutting, apple design, on which rested a lady's black straw hat. Orange keyed wear, bought of Henry Price basket, fancy goods, china wear, and ironmongery manufacturer, 21, 22, 23 Moore Street, disposed irregularly on the washstand and floor, and consisting of basin, soap dish and brush spray on the washstand together. P. 
picture and night article on the floor separate. Bloom's acts. He deposited the articles of clothing on a chair, removed his remaining articles of clothing, took from beneath the bolster at the head of the bed a folded long white nightshirt, inserted his head and arms into the proper apertures of the nightshirt, removed a pillow from the head to the foot of the bed, prepared the bed linen accordingly and entered the bed. How? With circumspection, as invariably when entering an abode, his own or not his own, with solicitude, the snake spiral springs of the mattress being old, the brass quilts and pendant viper radii loose and tremulous under stress and strain, prudently as entering a lair or ambush of lust or adder, lightly the less to disturb, reverently the bed of conception and of birth, of consummation of marriage and of breach of marriage, of sleep and of death. What did his limbs, when gradually extended, encounter? New clean bed linen, additional odours, the presence of a human form, female, hers, the imprint of a human form, male, not his, some crumbs, some flakes of potted meat, recooked, which he removed. If he had smiled, why would he have smiled? To reflect that each one who enters imagines himself to be the first to enter, where he is always the last term of a preceding series, even if the first term of a succeeding one. Each imagining himself to be first, last, only and alone, whereas he is neither first, nor last, nor only, nor alone, in a series originating in and repeated to infinity. What preceding series? Assuming Mulvey to be the first term of his series, Penrose, Bartel Darcy, Professor Goodwin, Julius Mastiansky, John Henry Manton, Father Bernard Corrigan, a farmer at the Royal Dublin Society's Horse Show, Maggot O'Reilly, Matthew Dillon, Valentine Blake Dillon, Lord Mayor of Dublin, Christopher Callanan, Lenehan, an Italian organ grinder, an unknown gentleman in the Gaiety Theatre, Benjamin Dollard, Simon Daedalus, Andrew Pisser Burke, Joseph Cuff, Wisdom Helly, Alderman John Hooper, Dr. Francis Brady, Father Sebastian of Mount Argus, a boot black at the General Post Office, Hugh E. Blazes Boylan, and so each and so on to no last term. What were his reflections concerning the last member of this series and late occupant of the bed? Reflections on his vigour, a bounder, corporeal proportion, a bill sticker, commercial ability, a bester, impressionability, a boaster. Why, for the observer, impressionability in addition to vigour, corporal proportion and commercial ability? Because he had observed with augmenting frequency in the preceding members of the same series the same consubiescence, inflammably transmitted first with alarm, then with understanding, then with desire, finally with fatigue, with alternating symptoms of epicene comprehension and apprehension. With what antagonistic sentiments were his subsequent reflections affected? Envy, jealousy, abnegation, equanimity. Envy. Of a bodily and mental male organism specially adopted for the superincumbent posture of energetic human copulation, an energetic piston and cylinder movement necessary for the complete satisfaction of a constant 
but not acute concupiscence resident in a bodily and mental female organism, passive but not obtuse. Jealousy? Because a nature full and volatile in its free state was alternately the agent and reagent of attraction. Because action between agents and reagents at all instants varied, with inverse proportion of increase and decrease, with incessant circular extension and radial re-entrance, because the controlled contemplation of the fluctuation of attraction produced, if desired, a fluctuation of pleasure. Abnegation. In virtue of A, acquaintance initiated in September 1903 in the establishment of George Messias, Merchant Taylor and Outfitter, 5 Eden Key, B, hospitality extended and received in kind, reciprocated and reappropriated in person, C, comparative youth subject to impulses of ambition and magnanimity, collegial altruism and amorous egoism, D, extra-racial attraction, intra-racial inhibition, supra-racial prerogative, E, an imminent provincial musical tour, common current expenses, net proceeds divided. Equanimity? As natural as any and every natural act of a nature expressed or understood, executed in nature, nature by natural creatures in accordance with his, her, and their nature, natures of dissimilar similarity. As not as calamitous as a cataclysmic annihilation of the planet in consequence of a collision with a dark sun. As less reprehensible than theft, highway robbery, cruelty to children and animals, obtaining money under false pretenses, forgery, embezzlement, misappropriation of public money, betrayal of public trust, malingering, mayhem, corruption of minors, criminal libel, blackmail, contempt of court, arson, treason, felony, mutiny on the high seas, trespass, burglary, jailbreaking, practice of unnatural vice. Desertion from armed forces in the field, perjury, poaching, usury, intelligence with the king's enemies, impersonation, criminal assault, manslaughter, willful and premeditated murder, as not more abnormal than all other altered processes of adaptation to altered conditions of existence, resulting in a reciprocal equilibrium between the bodily organism and its attendant circumstances, foods, beverages, acquired habits, indulged inclinations, significant disease, as more than inevitable, irreparable. Why more abnegation than jealousy, less envy than equanimity? From outrage, matrimony, to outrage, adultery, there arose naught but outrage, copulation, yet the matrimonial violator of the matrimonially violated had not been outraged by the adulterous violator of the adulterously violated. What retribution, if any? Assassination, never, as two wrongs did not make one right. Duel by combat, no. Divorce, not now. Exposure by mechanical artifice, automatic bed, or individual testimony, concealed ocular witness, not yet. Suit for damages by legal influence or simulation of assault with evidence of injuries sustained, self-inflicted, not impossibly. If any, positively, connivance, introduction of emulation, material, a prosperous rival, agency of publicity, moral, a successful rival agent of intimacy.
depreciation, alienation, humiliation, separation, protecting the one separated from the other, protecting separator from both. By what reflections did he, a conscious reactor against the void and certitude, justify to himself his sentiments? The preordained frangibility of the hymen, the presupposed intangibility of the thing in itself, the incongruity and disproportion between the self-prolonging tension of the thing proposed to be done and the self-abbreviating relaxation of the thing done, the fallaciously inferred debility of the female, the muscularity of the male, the variations of ethical codes, the natural grammatical transition by inversion involving no alteration of sense of an aorist pre-derived preposition, parsed masculine subject, monosyllabic, onomatic, transitive verb with direct feminine object, from the active voice into its correlative aorist pre-derived proposition, parsed as feminine subject, auxiliary verb, and quasi-monosyllabic, onomatopoeic past participle with complementary masculine agent in the passive voice, the continued product of seminators by generation, the continual production of semen by distillation, the futility of triumph or protest or vindication, the inanity of extolled virtue, the lethargy of nescient matter, the apathy of the stars. In what final satisfaction did these antagonistic sentiments and reflections reduced to their simplest forms, converge. Satisfaction at the ubiquity in Eastern and Western terrestrial hemispheres, in all habitable lands and islands explored or unexplored, the land of the midnight sun, the islands of the blessed, the isles of Greece, the land of promise, of adipose posterior female hemispheres, redolent of milk and honey and of extremely sanguine and seminal warmth reminiscent of secular families of curves of amplitude, insusceptible of moods of impression of, or of contrarieties of expression, expressive of mute, immutable, mature animality. The visible signs of antisatisfaction. An approximate erection, a solicitous adversion, a gradual elevation, a tentative revelation, a silent contemplation. Then... He kissed the plump, mellow, yellow, smellow melons of Huron on each plump, melonious hemisphere in their mellow, yellow furrow with obscure, prolonged, provocative, melon-smellinous osculation. The visible signs of post-satisfaction. A silent contemplation, a tentative violation, a gradual abasement, a solicitous aversion, approximate erection. What followed the silent action? Somnolent invocation, less somnolent recognition, incipient excitation, categorical interrogation. With what modifications did the narrator reply to this interrogation? Negative. He omitted to mention the clandestine correspondence between Martha Clifford and Henry Flower the public alteration act in and the vicinity of the licensed premises of Bernard Kiernan and Co. Limited, 8, 9 and 10 Little Britain Street, the erotic provocation and response thereto caused by the exhibition of Gertrude Gertie, surname unknown. Positive, he included mention of a performance by Mrs. Van Van Palmer of Leia at the Gaiety Theatre, 
46, 47, 48, 49 South King Street, an invitation to supper at Wynn's Murphy's Hotel, 35, 36, and 37 Lower Abbey Street, a volume of Pecaminius Pornographical Dependency entitled Sweets of Sin. Anonymous, author, a gentleman of fashion, a temporary concussion caused by a falsely calculated movement in the course of post-sanal gymnastic display, the victim, since completely recovered, being Stephen Daedalus, professor and author, eldest surviving son of Simon Daedalus, of no fixed occupation, an aeronautical feat executed by him, narrator, in the presence of a witness, the professor and author aforesaid, with promptitude of decision and gymnastic flexibility. Was the narration otherwise unaltered by modifications? Absolutely. Which event or person emerged as the salient point of his narration? Stephen Daedalus, professor and author. What limitations of activity and inhibitions of conjugal rights were perceived by listener and narrator concerning themselves during the course of this intermittent and increasingly more laconic narration? By the listener, a limitation of fertility, inasmuch as marriage had been celebrated one calendar month after the 18th anniversary of her birth, 8th September 1870, viz. 8th of October, and consummated on the same date with female issue born, 15th of June 1889, having been anticipatorily consummated on the 10th of September of the same year, and complete carnal intercourse, with ejaculation of semen within the natural female organ, having last taken place five weeks previous, viz. 27 November 1893, to the birth on 29th December 1893 of second and only male issue, deceased 9th of January 1894, aged 11 days, there remained a period of 10 years, 5 months, and 18 days during which carnal intercourse had been incomplete without ejaculation of semen within the natural female organ. By the narrator, a limitation of activity, mental and corporeal, inasmuch as complete mental intercourse between himself and the listener had not taken place since the consummation of puberty, indicated by catamanic hemorrhage of the female issue of narrator and listener, 15th of September 1903, there remained a period of nine months and one day during which, in consequence of a pre-established natural comprehension in incomprehension between the consummated females, listener and issue, complete corporeal liberty of action had been circumscribed. How? By various reiterated feminine interrogation concerning the masculine destination whither, the place where, time at which, the duration for which, the object with which, in the case of temporary absences, projected or affected. What moved visibly above the listeners and the narrator's invisible thoughts? The upcast reflection of a lamp and shade, an inconstant series of concentric shadows of varying gradations of light and shadow. In what directions did listener and narrator lie? Listener, S, E by E. Narrator N W by W on the 53rd parallel of latitude N and the 6th meridian of longitude W at an angle of 45 degrees to the terrestrial equator. In what state of rest or motion? 
at rest relatively to themselves and to each other, in motion being each and both carried westward, forward and rearward respectively by the proper perpetual motion of the earth through ever-changing tracks of never-changing space. In what posture? Listener, reclined semi-laterally, left, left hand on their head, right leg extended in a straight line and resting on left leg, flexed in the attitude of Giatellus, fulfilled, recumbent, big with seed. Narrator, reclined laterally, left, with right and left legs flexed, the index finger and thumb of the right hand resting on the bridge of the nose, in the attitude depicted on a snapshot photograph made by Percy Apjohn. The child man weary, the man child in the womb. Womb? Weary? He rests. He has travelled. With? Sinbad the sailor, and Kinbad the tailor, and Jinbad the jailer, and Winbad the whaler, and Ninbad the nailer, and Finbad the failer, and Binbad the bailer, and Pinbad the paler, and Minbad the mailer, and Hinbad the hailer, and Rinbad the railer, and Dinbad the tailor, and Vinbad the quailer, and Linbad the yaler, and Zinbad the tailor. When? Going to a dark bed, there was a square round Sinbad the sailor rock's ox egg in the night of the bed of all the ox of the rocks of Darkinbad the bright dealer. Where? 